because if you've never meditated, you, it takes time. You got to learn. It's 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 a, it's a learning process. And I went from one minute to five minutes to, to 10 minutes to 20 minutes. And it's to a point like, man, I wake up now out of a out of a meditation. I'm not saying wake up, but like like I, I feel like I'm ready to go. I have to, I'm ready to go. And that and on top of that stretching, because I feel like a pickup truck. It take it take me it like you know in the morning I'm like you're preaching to the choir. Pickup trucks are good things. They tend to run for a long time. You know, I mean, you know, they're I think everybody needs a pickup trucker in their life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Ingrained and Balanced podcast. I'm your co-host, Lonnie Rodriguez. And as usual, I'm very excited to let you guys listen in on this incredible conversation we're having with an old buddy of mine, actually. His name is Ray Austin, who is actually a former professional football player. He used to play with the Bears and at one time the New York Jets. So we're going to get into a little bit about you know, how his his daily routine has changed since he got out of football and as he's getting older, you know, how's his body adjusting and what he has to do from a, an eating habit standpoint, what his exercise regime, uh, regimen looks like, so on and so forth. We're going to dive into a little bit about his business background. I know he was a model for a while. I know he's still acting. He's been in a bunch of TV shows that are recorded here in Chicago, like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, to name just a few. Okay. And then he transitioned into more of a businessman. Okay. He's the co-founder and commissioner of the fan-controlled football sports and entertainment platform. It's the world's first fan-run sports pro league. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Ray is also the co-founder and CEO of Athlete, which is a new platform. That stands for Name Image Likeness, an app that matches registered student-athletes with companies that want to use their social media influence of students in their advertising. Really cool stuff. He's making a big impact for college athletes. Um, you're going to really find this stuff interesting. So without any further ado, let's jump into it. There he is. Ray, how are you first? Thank you so much for joining us today. How's it going, buddy? Man, it's going great, man. It's good to see you, man. Wait, wait, when the, has it been a hundred days since we've seen each other? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to bring that up, man. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it, why not? Why not it, a lot? It, it's been a, or a thousand days. Let's just say that. It, it's been a while. But yes, to our listeners out there, Ray and I, has some history, but we haven't seen each other for a while, and while, he's got right? a lot going on. I've been following you. I love all the stuff you got going on, which we'll we'll get into a little bit later. But as I said in the intro, I mean, you're a retired NFL football player, man. Wow. Yeah. That was a while. When did you get out of the league, man? Uh, in the 1900s. That's when I knew I was old. One of my players was like, man, you was born in the 1900s. I was like, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh no I I uh I I I uh, went to University of Tennessee played back in the nineties with Peyton Manning big hit and uh, had some great when when they say Tennessee was back I was what they were talking about oh <laughs> uh, sure uh, like, <laughs> you guys want to Google that you guys go online Google that Ray Austin when they said oh they back they back then we was what they talked about we was the day yeah yeah. And I do know you were like a track athlete, right? Yeah, that was the reason I, I was a hurdler. And that was the reason I went to Tennessee because they were, they were allowed me to, to be a two-sporter. And I 
quickly understood and learned that I need to put cliques on and keep cliques on. Um, I got up there and just got my ass woe out. It was, it, it, you're, you're dealing with a different athlete when you're, when you're a football player. Not everybody's Tariq Hill, you know what I mean? So I was a hurdler and the hurdles went up from here to like to my nose. And I'm like six one, and then all these other guys like six four, and they're just galloping over them bad boys, and I'm just jumping, and I just so that's why I became a football player. Do you do anything today as it relates to like when you get up in the morning to maintain your athleticism that you did back then as a runner? I loved to meditate. I love to do yoga. So uh, I I've got a thirty minute regimen from stretching, meditation, and yoga. That's it. That's like the, my, my workout starts that way. And then I'll, I'll jump on the roar. And then that's how my, that, if, even if I'm not working out that day, I'll definitely do those three things. Do you get those done in the morning before you get your day started? Before I have coffee, before I have my first meeting. Um, after Interesting. Wife, before yeah, coffee. Wow. Yeah. Before me and my wife, we kiss each other. Boom. I, I close those eyes and I just get that mind just, just blank. I just, I clear up all those files. I started throwing out all old trash and just in it. And it was hard at first because I was like, cause if you've never meditated, you, it takes time. You got to learn. It's, 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 a, it's a learning process. And I went from one minute to five minutes to, to 10 minutes to 20 minutes. And it's to a point like, man, I wake up now out of a, out of a meditation. I'm not saying wake up, but like, like I, I feel like I'm ready to go. I have to, I'm ready to go. And that, and on top of that stretching, because I feel like a pickup truck. It take it take me it like you know in the morning. I'm like you're preaching to the choir. Pick up trucks are good things. They tend to run for a long time. You know, I mean, you know, they they I think everybody need a pickup trucker in their life. Do you mind me asking how old are you? Do you mind me asking how old are you? I'm four. I'm forty eight. Okay, forty eight. So cool. So did you have a period of time where you? just didn't need, feel the need for stretching and all that, you know, after you stopped playing? Or is this something you've maintained throughout your 30s and 40s? No, 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 no. I started to get back into stretching, stretching when I was about in, in my in my beginning of my 40s, because I don't know what it is when you turn 39, you're like, remember we used to be at the, we used to be at the club? That's a, that, was a, that was a fence club. Yeah. <laughs> But then when I turned 40, I was like, my whole body was like, like opera. It was like, ooh, ooh, it just, it just slowed down so much. And I started to feel all that impact and trauma that I put my body through for so many years. And I started to have to, I had to change and redirect my, my, my workouts. I was no longer putting on 275 and, you know, feeling that I got to be like that. I started to actually want to, I wanted a different body in a sense. Like I've always been a muscular guy. I want to be lean. I want to wear skinny jeans, Lonnie, like you. No, you don't. I don't wear skinny jeans, but I, <laughs> you know why they skinny jeans. What? I mean, I wear jeans that big. I mean, they look good, but I wouldn't call them skinny fit. Let's slow Just down now. Just because he's a skinny ass doesn't mean he wears skinny jeans. Oh, come on. <laughs> wow. I'm getting pummeled today. All right, let's go. Man, well, <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> I wanted a different body for myself. I got so you. Yeah. I started, I started to eat a little different, really recognizing what I was putting in my body and, and yeah, and drink a ton. I, I drink tons and tons of water. Seriously. 
one of our messages we put out this week was simple habit, just little things, you know, just yeah. make sure you drink lots of water, stay active, make sure you get out, get some fresh air every day, some sunlight, yeah, so on and so forth. But that's funny. You said when you hit 40, and that's probably because of, like you said, the the hits and the trauma that you went through earlier, because I didn't start, you know, really feeling the need to make some big changes until I was in my late 40s, you know, to really start stretching. I actually do some meditation now and I do yoga now where I didn't start doing that. So I started doing yoga when I was 48, you know what I mean? Wow, but that's wow. because my body was quickly starting to, at 48, that's when I started feeling all the changes for me. But I didn't go through what you went through in college and in the NFL, obviously. So your body. At one point, it was a little depressing. I ain't gonna lie. It was a little like, mm, can't move like I used to, you know. When did you realize that? What you try to do that you couldn't do? Oh, I couldn't run. You will never see me in your life sprint ever from this day on, ever sprint, just run for the rest of my life. Like, no, you'll never see it done because I can't do it. My fiance constantly tries to get me, well, let's, let's do sprints in the park. I'm like, I'm not doing sprints. I'm, I'm going to pull a hamstring. I'm going to be out for like, week. no, I'm not doing sprints. I'll, I'll like run. I'll give you 60%, maybe, maybe yeah, 60%, 60, that's, you know, <laughs> that's injury. Like now I like to ride though. I love to cycle. I, I'm just being, I, I cycle a hundred miles a week. So I'll okay. probably anywhere between okay. 15 to 25. And, you know, I, I'm a, I love to cycle. I, I love to hit the strip. Go on Michigan Avenue or go to on the Lakeshore and just go. I, I can literally, I live in Bronzeville, so I can go from Bronzeville all the way to Evanston and back. And like it ain't. Oh, wow. I'm glad we're having this conversation because I ride a lot. Obviously, once the weather changes, I'm out there probably three days a week. So good to know. We're going to have to schedule something. It. I love it. I love it. I might not be able to keep up with you, but uh, we could, you know, we could try it. <laughs> So we talked a little bit about exercise and what you're doing, at, you know, in your 40s, trying to, to to maintain your fitness regime. How about eating habits? Is that changing from when you were in your 30s to are you kind of in the same program? Man, what? Man, I can't eat meat like that no more. I, I used to be a big steak guy. And I've, I've fell away from it a little bit. It just takes a long time for it to, you know, it sits on me for a while. And I can be, I can be, you know. 212 today and 225 or more. Just off of one. You know what I mean? And then uh, yeah. I'll be that way for a while. And I and I just said, it's, it's, I can't do it. I can't do the meat anymore. And and and, and nothing against people who meet me. I'm just saying for me, it it just was not, it just wasn't fixing. And so I had to figure out how to I became more into and I've always been into sushi, fish. Uh I, I grill a lot. It, it, the, the air cooker, the uh, the air fryer is, a, is, is whoever made that is brilliant. I would love to meet the man that came up with the air fryer. Uh, that's literally kind of my my regimen of recipe. I'm not a big sugar guy. I don't eat a lot of uh, eh, sweets. I, I'll have you know sweets here and there, but I, I try my best to 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 eat healthy. I I don't eat until two o'clock. I do the intermittent fast. I've been intermittent fasting for about a year and a half. And so I don't eat till two o'clock and then I stop eating at seven. So um, you cram it all I, in there between two and seven. Yeah. And Thursdays are the toughest because, you know, I'm doing a show right now between that time that I should be eating. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, there you and, go. and also I've got shows later, so I don't get to eat till about five o'clock, six o'clock tonight. But it's almost kind of like a, a, a fast. And I don't know if anybody fasts. I'll try my best to throw in like one fast a month. 
just one day, I'm going to just be like, nah, I'm just going to shut it down. I'm just going to have a have that day, shut it down, go straight water, and then come up the next day and be like, what's up? I'm back. Wow. Interesting. Wow. I That's see Marty's got something. You look very eclectic. Like, you know, it seems like you... You sample from a lot of things and you don't have like a, you're not very dogmatic about, about your, but it's obviously very important to you and your, your thoughts and you figure out, Hey, this works for me. So I'm going to steal a little bit of this yep. and this doesn't work for me. So I'm not going to do that. That's, yep. I, I, I love, I, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, intermittent fasting, I don't think would ever work for me, but yeah. for re, you know, for whatever, whatever reason, it seems like, and you're like, Hey, this is. My guess is that you're not like if some if, if 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 there were a meal that like you had maybe family with or something and somebody was cooking something for breakfast, yeah. have a little food. I love what you just said. I have I haven't been in a gym since COVID, so it was COVID was to, in, in the say this in a, in a say this the right way. I want to get canceled. COVID was good for me because I I it, I it literally said I'm going to turn my basement into a gym. That's I have my production company here, my produ- production studios here. I'm gonna turn my basement into a gym. So my my gym in my gym right here, literally right there is my desk, my office. So when I'm having calls or whatnot, I flip the laptop and I'll jump on my treadmill while I'm having that call because I'm like I got four, five, six hours of calls all day long. So what I'm gonna do? Just sit here all day? Right. I can't do that. So I'll jump on. I put my desk in there. I'll jump on the treadmill if I'm if I don't have to be on camera and I'm just listening. I'm just going and I and I'll end up get, like I said I'll I'll ride 15 25 miles a a day based just based off of me putting my gym in my office, you know. So it's like oh, it's I, great. I, I got my speed my speed bags in the garage, you know. It's I, I am I put the things around me so I'm like I don't want to have any excuse in the winter to why I can't work out. Period. You don't seem like you're so regimented. You're like, every day I've got to do two hours and 15 minutes of this. And when I, you know, I'm like, nah. this is like, hey, when I, you know, I, I, I fit this in, I'm always looking to try and find something and find, you know, I mean, I, I love that. It seems like, like mentally, like you're in a very good, like you're not like, you know, some people they use, they use uh, exercise, you know, because maybe they're so stressed and it's, you know, sort of almost as like, it's like their, their sole focus. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're, you're like, Hey, this is something that improves my life that makes me feel better. So that's where I'm going to, you know, that's how so Mar, it's a lifestyle, bro. Like I tell my, thank you. Life is always like, I will work out. And she's always stressed when it's working out because you don't want to do it. And I'm like, this is, this is a lifestyle. You got to see this as a lifestyle. You're putting too yeah. much pressure on yourself as you're working out. Like it, <laughs> that shouldn't be the case. It should be the place where you're supposed to be getting out all of that that tension and stress and anxiety. And so she's starting to understand that it's this is a lifestyle. You yoga is a lifestyle. You know, it's something you learn. It's and you, you meditation is a lifestyle. You know, the, the results are great, but the journey's even better. Like yeah. that's I, I feel like that's really how that's how I try to approach it. And I feel like that's that it's something that definitely works for me. And and like you said, like for health in terms of you know, dieting in terms of watching what I eat. Like I'll still have steak. Like I, I love steak. So I love to grill every once in a while. If there's a UFC on, I'm going to sit home. I'm going to have some steak. I'm going to have a glass of red wine. I'm going to wash some butts. You know, like, I know those little I, sliders I you make. I, I, I know <laughs> those sliders you make for those UFC bites. I've had them good I stuff, mean, man. But in general, I, you know, I have the same thing. You know, like every morning I'll have like soaked oats with some berries. 
almonds, right? You know, unsweetened almond. And, and you know, I, very similar, you know, lunches, very, you know, very plain sort of, you know, chicken, broccoli type of stuff. But it's not like I'm depriving myself. I'm like, that's just, you know, what my body wants, what it needs. And I'm real happy with it. And so that's, that's how I do it. And I love when people are, when I hear that people are like, you know, enjoy the actual lifestyle, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey and, you know, gain sustenance sort of from that process, from that journey. And like we always um, preach, you have to have the mindset right. of lifestyle because if you approach it as a temporary thing, like dieting for a, for a special occasion, you know, we've talked about this so many times, you set yourself up for failure, right? It's like a temporary thing. You see a little progress and you get bored and you plateau and you get out of it. You, you focus on other things. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's part of your daily life, you know? My, my wife is the math, math, mathematician. She's like, yeah. all right, so if I work out for two weeks, for, for three days out of that week, for two hours, how much, how much am I going to look? Oh, already she's in failing. trouble. Already she's failing. in trouble. <laughs> Expectations. I'm That's like, terrible. What are you no. talking about? <laughs> You've calculated this? <laughs> wow. She's got a spreadsheet, you know? <laughs> the time day, 14 1,400 calories. I'm like, oh, oh God. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, Ray, before we jump in and learn all about your 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 <laughs> really cool businesses you got going on. Finish with the day. How does your your evening routine work? I know you stop eating early. Do you do you meditate in the evening as well? What does your screen time look like? How do you make sure you get a good night's sleep? I, I wake up ready to grind. I I am the I'm the definition of play hard, work hard, play hard. And so when I'm done with the day, I want to have a nice, nice glass of wine or a nice little chill, little vodka, little little and you know, Lonnie, I'm just so energized all the time. Yeah. That's my, that's my way of smoothing out and also like thinking about how the day went. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going through the day like, all right, cool. I did. Okay. Right. Didn't know that worked out. Mm, okay. And it's just a, it's just a calming down before the yeah. storm. And what's why we love asking this? Because Marty, tell me, I mean, we get such different answers, you know? 100%. Nobody said they have a glass of alcohol yet. So I love it. I think the important thing is, is you have to look at everything in totality, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're all allowed to have something, you know, so, somebody's, you know, piece of, you know, that, that thing that they just, you know, they really don't want to live it up. Maybe it's that cake, or maybe it's like a piece of chocolate cake. Yeah, about to say, whatever yeah. it is, you know, yeah. like you don't have to deprive yourself. You're not like, you know, this isn't like self-disciplining. Oh, no, no. no the idea is, hey, you want to live you know, a life that makes you happy and keeps you healthy. And it's the totality. You don't have to be a hundred percent in every single thing. You know, maybe you're at 90 something percent in this, and maybe you're at 87 here, and maybe you're only at 75 there. That's okay. Everybody's genetic makeup is different and how your body responds to certain stimulants or certain types of foods is, might be different for Marty than is from you or different for you. So I can definitely have a glass of wine or two every night and still be functional the next morning, but I'm terrified of it because alcoholism runs in my family. So I have to be very careful, but I, I, I love a glass of red wine. If I've had a very stressful day, I definitely enjoy a good glass of wine. Before we let you go, we want to hear all about fan controlled sports entertainment. I know you've been busy these last few years and then 
take a few minutes to talk about that. Then I want to hear about uh, what you're doing for the name, image, likeness things for the college athletes. Yeah. Okay. How'd you get into the, the fan controlled stuff? 10 years ago, it was an idea. And to be honest, Lonnie, this was the reason I did the show, uh, the day, the show that we were on, because <laughs> my idea was to bring that on the show and to promote it. And unfortunately, they didn't do it. Fan control has been a dream of mine for for 10 years. Uh, four of us guys are, are, are doing it together. Um, I came up with an idea for fans to run an actual football team. Uh, and when I was in Chicago and uh, started to understand how to develop an app, develop the app, hired two semi-pro football teams on the field and to, to test it out, ran out of money, didn't know what I was doing, ran into Tony Parrish, uh, Chicago Bears safety, one of my best friends, ran into him and told him what I was doing. And he was like, oh, wow, man, that's, that's a stupid idea. He was my oracle because he told me what I why it wouldn't work. And so I went back to the drawing board and started working on it again. And during that, Tony ran into my CEO at the now. And he said, hey, my buddy Ray Austin's working on something very similar to what you're trying to do. And so when Tony called me, I'm like, oh, somebody else is working on this? He was like, nah, nah, he wants to meet. Fly, you know, come up to LA and meet him. Flew up to LA. I'm sitting in a room with three guys I never met. And they all had the different idea on how to have fans controlling the football game. One of them came from the social media angle. One came from the gaming angle. And our CEO came from the tech angle because that was their background. I was coming through it from the football angle. We're all sitting down having some Miyomi. <laughs> and we go, why don't we do this together? And so 10 years ago, we raised $2.5 million. We, we bought an indoor football team. We proved out the concept. And then boom, COVID hit. We've always in our, in our, in our, in our minds saw this as a league in a box. We could take this league and move it wherever we wanted to. So we ended up convincing a lot of people that we knew what we were doing. We ended up raising our series A at 40 million. Uh, we developed eight teams. Uh, we had distribution with NBCLX, Peacock, The Zone. Um, we had over 20 million viewers all around the world. We had, uh, some of our really cool celebrity owners from, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, Quavo, uh, Joe Montana, Bob Minnery. Uh, and it was, it was like, it was the, what we had created when we call it fan control, what we had created was this tech sports, sports and gaming company. And this was before, you know, Web3 and NFTs and all those things were happening. But we knew what the trajectory, where we were going with it. And, and as we were developing that, I was still in the space of just football. But my, my, my partners, I got to say, they were the ones that really thought about this as a scale. And it was like, what if we fan control everything? You know, it was like, wait, what? Let's fan control basketball, which we're doing right now. And people go, how the hell do you fan control basketball? Well, we have a patent uh, on an LED court. So the whole court is glass. And it's a, just like you're, just imagine us playing football, basketball on your phone and you're standing right. on that phone. So we can control the court. We can change the environment on the court. We could set out certain places of the court where there's more points. Uh, there's a chip in the ball. So when the ball is passed, you can see it on the court. So we're trying our best to try to not only 
create new innovation, but also change the perspective of how people look at sports. If you think about sports right now, we grew up with football, basketball being the same way. You sitting in the stands, watching it with your dad, cheering. That don't happen no more. People are Instagramming, taking pictures, podcasting the, the information afterwards, you know, living, streaming, all those things. And we wanted to connect to the new Gen Zers. And to do that, you got to do number one, listen to them and take their opinion. And that's why it's fan control. Then you have to be innovative and do something that nobody else is doing. Then you have to create where they think it's something just super crazy. So like, think about all the sports and all the stuff you see on the internet right now. I saw guys doing soccer with a bowling ball the other day. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, I've seen MMA in a telephone booth. I feel like they, they also, the fact that, you know, if you look at what's, what's going on with the younger kids, when you, we talk about something like football, they're not experiencing it to your point. They're not experiencing it the way that I experienced it. I mean, I never went to a game when I was a kid. Like we didn't have the money to go to a game, but like, you know, when I took my kid to a game, like they're not experiencing that way. Every play can be bet on, right? They're betting on it. And a lot of the people who are at the games, they don't even care who wins the game, right? They care what player from which team is doing the best because what they really care about is their fantasy team. Yeah, they don't care who, like, they'll watch every game. They, they don't even know, they could care less about any team. They want their team. You know, it's like, you just so, you said it. And that's what made fan control so dope because me, me being the commissioner, I flew all around the country and we had tryouts, combines. And so we filmed everything. So the fans got to see every player that we saw. And so they could then take that information, like the real fam, the, the, the geeks, they would take all that and be like, well, I like him, him, him. And we allowed them to draft the player. We allowed them to build the teams, draft the players, name the teams, and call the, the plays, look at the playbook. They were watching practice weekly. We became, and that's when we understood that was bigger than just football. We were a media company and we were starting to create different pillars of not just sports, but also media. And for exa example, we just, I just hired, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the rapper Bone Crusher back in the day. Uh, I just hired him on yeah. as my head A&R and we're going to come up with fan control music. And yeah. we've got some, we've got probably half a dozen of Grammy award winning uh, producers and we're going to go out and find those social engagers that are the singers and the artists. I mean, if you oh, look I at love it, I love right it right now. You think about look, look at all the talent that's on social media right now. Yeah, and we're, we're going to now curate that and start making our own our own content from there. Yeah, I feel oh, like I there's a wait. lot of con convergence between you know the spheres of let's call it entertainment yep. and then sports, yep. which is a part of entertainment but entertainment l larger, and then social media yep. and gaming, right? Yep. And even and gambling. Right. Yep. So all of those things are sort of they're morphing together and you have to, you know, it seems like you have to have a big part of that. I mean, the value, the big part of the value of the NFL now in the last couple of years has become, been because of fantasy football and gambling. Yeah. I mean, huge, yeah. Yeah. huge, huge. value. Massive. And that's when we understood where our audience was. We first had a deal with Sports Illustrated and our audience wasn't that it wasn't that great. Maybe one, two million. Uh, total. And then we understood that again, where, where, are, where is our audience? And they're on Twitch. They're watching long form content, you know, uh, they're on YouTube. And so 
we customize our games to that. We did. We weren't sitting. We weren't playing three hour games. I didn't watch three hour games no more. We 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 set them up like an hour, like a video game. Is that what they are? Average of an hour. An hour game. So you can come in and get out, just like you were playing a video a, a game of Madden. It was like you watching a game of Madden playing uh, playing fan control, and that's what we wanted. We wanted. We knew. We know we're dealing with a different generation of sports fanatic. So you got to tap into the things that they want and like the betting aspect of it, the control aspect of it, the opinion aspect of it, the engagement. Our our stadium was something we made. It was an old wreck of uh, 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 Pullman Yards. It was an old railroad uh, yard. It was broken down, uh, trains everywhere, rustic buildings all broken up, glasses. You walked in, it was the most innovative thing that you can ever think about. It was LED screens everywhere because we wanted the fans to be inside of the stadium. We only had 2,500 people in the stadium. That's not much. We didn't make money off of tickets. We were giving them away for free because we wanted it to look like a party. And because our audience was on the, on the, on, on the actual stream. Right. Where's that venue? Where's that? Atlanta. We was in Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and how about the basketball platform? Is that live now or is that something in development? Yeah, we're doing that in the summer and we're putting the teams together right now. We just got, uh, we just signed uh, uh, co- uh, Coach Bibby. Uh, Mike Bibby, I said Coach Bibby. Mike Bibby is our head coach of the team. So he's going around uh, uh, doing the tryouts right now, finding the players. We're getting some, our, the, the really cool formula that we had with fan control is that I had a mixture of college players i had a mixture of pro players so i had some celebrity guys like terrell owens and johnny manzel and robert turbin and josh gordon come and play for us and so then that not only got us the exposure with people going i'm gonna watch johnny throw a ball to to that 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 touchdown went 14 million views wow 14 you know that's awesome but also it picks up the play with the other players too you know, and it was like I said, I, I couldn't have been more. It's been a long road. And like you just said, it's the journey because we're not even when I I don't even know what done is. I don't we don't see done being an exit. We just see done being creating more and more bank control. Sports. You guys are disruptors. You guys are creating that's something that's really. And then when you do that, the money will come later. You guys are just building a brand. And dude, that's so cool. Well, I can't wait to to learn more about it. And watch some of this basketball stuff coming out. Well, tell us about athlete. This is incredible too. I mean, I, I'm big supporter of. I love what you're doing. I, I, and I, I was telling you, I was just on the phone with someone very, very uh, big time, and I was he was very excited about working with, which is great. But as I was doing the the fan control football, I really push on my players um, to think more than an athlete. You're more than just an athlete. Use this platform to transition to the next thing that you guys you want to do in life. You guys know after I played ball, I became an actor here in Chicago and model just like Lonnie did and, and, and an entrepreneur. And so when the NIL hit, and I don't know if everybody knows what NIL is, that's when college athletes can now make money off their name, image, and likeness. I knew what was going to happen in the market. Everybody was going to focus on the top one, two percent. That's it. The top quarterback, the top running back, the five-star basketball player that's going to get drafted. But then what about everybody else? And so what we did was we created a platform that focuses on the 98%. And then as this year has gone by, we have noticed that we had such an impact and more exposure with 
HBCU schools, historical black colleges, they just just gravitated to us because, again, these are athletes that normally wouldn't get money to be who they are. Right. And so we started to see that was our focus. And so we did huge campaigns with Target, Walmart, Best Buy, Intuit Taxes. And so we're, we've given over two, uh, $180,000 to, to HBCU school athletes that are in college right now. But then, Lonnie, that's when we start to really think like, man, wait a minute. We start getting phone, call, like phone calls, text messages. Hey, uh, do I got to pay taxes on this? Hey, right. uh, where do I get the money at? Where do I put the money? It was like, <laughs> oh, crap. We're, we're giving something to people, to kids. And then they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what they don't understand what's going like how to actually what it is supposed to do with money. And so we partnered up with a company called Everfi, which is the top educational platform in the country. And we're going to create an NIL financial literacy piece. So now that we're going to teach each every student athlete, every freshman student athlete that goes through every HBCU schools will now understand financial literacy and the NIL space. And then we power them by banking institutions. We have a banking institution come in offering up the financial literacy. And, and the first deal that you get is a checking account with the money inside. Yeah, that's yeah. great. But correct me if I'm wrong, because as a professional athlete, when you go into the league, you have to go through some kind of financial literacy program, correct? Yeah. But for college kids, because they've never had this opportunity, a lot of them never had the disposable income to manage or now. That I, it's such an incredible well, idea uh, what and you're mo- doing. And most, most, most of the kids in, the, in college will never get to the league, right? I yeah, mean, exactly. such a small percentage of, of, of those guys, but they're getting an education, right? So Absolutely. they're getting time. They're getting, a, you know, for a lot of them, a new environment, something very, very different. The, the chance to meet different people than they were, you know, exposed to previously. So how do I, how do you make the best of that environment? And it sounds like that's, that's, a big part of what you're trying Mark, to you just say, and I do. say it all the time. You're listen, man. I, I went to the university of Tennessee. I had over 110,000 people screaming my name and Peyton's name and all these other guys' names. When you get out of college, that's what a college is for your network. You're creating your network while you're in college. So then when you get out of college, I can go back and call on those people when I need help or, uh, open this door for me or open that door for me. Your network is the most valuable thing that you have, especially as a student athlete. Student athletes have the top, the number one top high percentage in social engagement. So if, if I'm, a, if what I tell my kids now, all these athletes is that you are building your brand and your network right now. And I, that's when we talk about athlete, we're creating a culture. We're going to give these guys opportunities. We're going to give them that information and we're going to create their network. We're going to help them create their network. I wouldn't have been able to do fan control football if it wasn't for my network. Tony, you know, Quavo, Marshawn Lynch. I was able to make those connections. And just imagine now that these athletes have the ability to make money for themselves, the connections that they're going to make, the internships, the, 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 the networks with all of our sponsors, all those things. This, that's the, the environment that I'm trying to create for this. And and you, and you want to, you know, sometimes when people acquire money and they have had it, I, I knew I, I grew up, didn't have any money. Like, you don't make such great decisions with your first batches of money. And, 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 you know, that can be sort of a painful thing because money can then become something scary because you're like, oh shoot, if I have this money, like I might make a mistake now. I'm, I'm going to make a mistake again. I don't want to, oh, like, you know, you got to learn to be comfortable with, you know, Hey, how can I make good, good, 
good, you know, and, and be you confident remember, in your own ability to make good decisions so that it becomes a positive, right? You remember in the 90s when the credit card hit the, hit the, uh, canvas. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was going into the league, getting drafted. I had $20,000 in debt. I was like, I got to, right. <laughs> oh, I thought y'all gave that to me, Visa. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I got to pay what taxes? <laughs> yeah, right. You just weren't taught those things. And yeah, now right. that's the one thing I think about NIL. I think there's been a, a positive, a plus. It is yeah. it is preparing Absolutely. young athletes and young people earlier in their stages before they, so they can make these mistakes now or, or learn right. that they don't make these mistakes when they get out. And you can make the mistakes with a smaller amount of money. Right? Yeah, so oh, they're man. a little bit less painful and a yeah. little bit easier to learn, right? So like, hopefully you make your, because we'll all make mistakes, right? I mean, no, you know, like, so you're going to make mistakes, but let's make the small mistakes, right? Like I'm a big fan of small mistakes. All right. You can, you can make that stay. <laughs> yeah. You can make that mistake and still go back to your dorm room and have a place <laughs> to stay. You can be like, well, there's a thousand dollars. That's awesome. That's awesome. great stuff. Anyways, uh, while with that, Ray, can't thank you enough, buddy. And for all you listeners out there, if you really, we're going to have links to uh, those two platforms, Athlete, as well as Fan Controlled Sports Entertainment, if you really want to learn more. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Okay. And if you haven't, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter because pretty soon we're going to be offering exclusive content to our email subscriber list okay we're going to keep you informed with some information here in the next couple episodes of what's coming down the pipeline for that thank you guys for tuning in we'll look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode take care bye-bye